What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What is up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. If you cannot hear the smile on my face, let me tell you, I'm super excited to go over this podcast episode. We're doing a mock draft. Not sure yet. It depends on how long we take on the first round. I did a two-round mock draft okay i'm not sure if i'm gonna put both rounds in this episode or if i'm gonna break it up into two episodes we'll have to see depending on timing you'll probably know by the title of the podcast but before we start i have to preface with this i drafted with two philosophies i drafted with what i would do if i was the organization combined with what i think is a realistic possibility for that team so i didn't go one way or the other necessarily i kind of was hovering in the middle. Some teams I went one direction, some teams I went the other, and sometimes I just was, like I said, right down the middle. So with that said, we're going to go over my very first NFL mock draft, and it's two rounds, which I've never done before. I think two rounds is the sweet spot. One round is not enough, and three rounds is a little heavy, so I think two rounds is perfect. So that's why we're doing two rounds. And the Jacksonville Jaguars start at number one. I didn't do trades. I might do trades on a different one in the future, but this one I didn't to make it a little bit more simple, a little bit more uniform, and it can be compared to other mock drafts. And with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I went a little bit more with what I think they're going to do. If I was the Jacksonville Jaguars, I would probably take an offensive tackle, but if you're not 100% sold on which offensive tackle you prefer between Evan Neal and Akem, however you say his last name, Akwonu, Akwonu? I'm not sure which one, but um, him and Evan Neal, you have to be completely sold on one. And if you're not, then it makes sense to go with Aiden Hutchinson, who is, I think at this point for everyone, clearly above Kayvon Thibodeau. So I have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Aiden Hutchinson at edge. They could use pretty much any good players. Then I have the the Detroit Lions taking Kayvon Thibodeau. So I have the edge rushers going one and two. I know that's pretty high for where he's being mocked now. A couple months ago, that would not have been high for him at all. I know it is now, but that's where I've got him going for the Lions. And it's perfectly set up for the Houston Texans. And this is something that I kind of went more with what I would do, but I wouldn't be surprised if Houston did this as well because if they want to give Davis Mills a fair shot, they need to protect him. So I have Houston Texans at three going with Evan Neal. At four for the New York Jets, I have them going with the guy who's rising up a bunch of boards right now, the defensive lineman, Trayvon Walker. Then at five for the New York Giants, we know that historically they do like the trenches. Okay, We've got some changes in the front office, that's for sure, but... They also need to figure out Daniel Jones. They've got a new head coach in Brian Dable. He needs to figure out Daniel Jones. So he doesn't want to give Daniel Jones excuses. Therefore, he needs to protect him. So he grabs offensive tackle Akemu Kwonu, and that is a perfect pairing with Andrew Thomas. So they've got two sick tackles now moving forward. 
Now, we are going to talk about fantasy impacts of all of these the positional players once we hit on those wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs. But I still want to talk about the whole mock draft, obviously. So moving to the Carolina Panthers at six, I have them taking Charles Cross, offensive tackle. So to start the board, we've got two edge rush, sorry, three edge rushers because Trayvon Walker can be considered that, and three offensive tackles. Now at six is where it's like kind of dicey because the Panthers they need a quarterback, but at six, I just I don't know who they like. Yet, my newest mock draft, the one that's going to come out right before the NFL draft, once we have more info, will probably have the Panthers taking a quarterback. Right now, I'm thinking maybe they pull off something for Jimmy G. We'll see what happens. And they take a very good offensive tackle there because that's what their biggest weakness outside of quarterback is. But we know that the offensive tackle class is much stronger than the quarterback class this year. Now at 7, I have the New York Giants with their second pick. They already loaded up on the offensive side with the offensive tackle. Now I have them taking Kyle Hamilton. He's fallen far enough at 7, the safety from Notre Dame. Then at 8, I have Derek Stingley going to Atlanta. I don't know why, but there is something about Derek Stingley and Atlanta that just makes sense. Like when I see that name next to the Atlanta Falcons, it's something that I wouldn't be surprised if it was called out in April. So, I don't know. That's like I know Ahmad Gardner's there. I just feel like for some reason they're going to prefer Derek Stingley. And I've seen a lot of mocks actually heading that way. So, we'll see what happens if they do end up going corner, which one they prefer, which one they grab if both are on the board. But right now, I have Atlanta going cornerback. I was tempted for wide receiver, but it's a deep wide receiver class. They can get one later on if they want. So, that's why I went with the corner there. Now, Seattle at nine, they've got a bunch of holes, but. Just like Derek Stingley to the Falcons, Ahmad Gardner makes so much sense to me for the Seattle Seahawks, so I have them grabbing him. Then at 10, the Jets, who went and grabbed a defensive player, now grab an offensive tackle to further strengthen that offensive line for Zach Wilson, and they get Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. And this is when we look at fantasy. Right here at 11, the Washington Commanders. I have them taking the first wide receiver off the board you thought I was going to say quarterback I have them taking the first wide receiver off the board and it's going to be Garrett Wilson you pair Garrett Wilson with Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin you've got three Ohio State wide receivers and you've got Chase Young starting to look like Ohio State out there but I think it would be a great pick for them because now they have three receivers that can do multiple things and just between Terry McLaurin and Garrett Wilson they've got some really good weapons for Carson Wentz especially with McKissick now going back and Gibson out of the backfield they've got weapons and it's going to help them figure out hey do we actually want to move forward with Carson Wentz or not I don't see them Washington is one of the few teams that a lot of people say need quarterback they're one of the few that I cannot see them drafting one in the first round because none of these rookie prospects are really going to be much better than Carson Wentz, if at all. And why waste that high of a pick on such a risky proposition when you have somebody that's just as good at the same position? I don't think it's going to happen. So Washington, I have them taking a wide receiver with Garrett Wilson. Then right after that, I have the Minnesota Vikings at 12 taking Jamison Williams. Now, if Garrett Wilson is there for Minnesota, I think they would take him. But he's gone, so they're going to take Jamison Williams, throw some speed out there, 
and I know he's a lot more than that, but throw some speed out there to pair with Justin Jefferson, and boy, that is dangerous, especially with Adam Thielen being able to be your red zone hands. That's a nice trio for Kirk Cousins, plus with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers going down. The Bears working with the rookie quarterback and plenty of holes on the offense that the rookie quarterback is going to have to try to overcome. And the Lions being the Lions, the Vikings could go for the division. Why not do that with an explosive weapon? When they've already shown that they can have rookie wide receivers make huge impacts and grab one here. So I have them taking Jamison Williams. And then at 13, Houston, who already took an offensive lineman to protect Davis Mills now take a weapon to evaluate him with, and that's Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC. So now they got Brandon Cooks, Drake London, and they've got a new offensive tackle to pair with Laramie Tunzel. That's looking nice. So Houston, Minnesota, Washington at 11, 12, 13, all grab wide receivers. And now I propose the question to you, which wide receiver would you take first in fantasy? In dynasty fantasy football, would you take Garrett Wilson with the Commanders? who's tied to Carson Wentz, and maybe we don't know what the quarterback future is going to be for him. Jamison Williams, who's with Kirk Cousins, who is is fine, but we also don't know where their quarterback future is going to be. Or Drake London, who is also in a situation where we don't necessarily know who the future quarterback is going to be. That's a tough one. And it might just come down to which of those three wide receivers you've graded highest. And... For me, woo, they're so dead even. this part of the reason why I loved how this worked out. I didn't do it on purpose. I loved how it worked out this way because I think if you switch up those names a little bit, it would be easier to rank. But with those names in those spots, it's very, very difficult. For me, I'd probably, oh man, it's so hard. Probably go with Garrett Wilson because Jamison Williams will never be the one over Justin Jefferson. Drake London He could easily be the one over Brandon Cooks, but that situation is so much in question. Whereas Garrett Wilson, could he become the one over Terry McLaurin? It's possible. And even if not, he could get pretty close to being Terry McLaurin. So in terms of target share and whatnot. So that's why I would probably go with Garrett Wilson, but it's tough. And then at 14, Baltimore, I have him taking an edge, Jermaine Johnson. And then we've got the Eagles who have three of the next five picks. Okay, they've got two back-to-back, 15 and 16. I have them filling a hole at edge with George Karloftis and a hole at corner with Andrew Booth Jr. So two good defenders to help shore up that defense for Philly. And then I have the Chargers taking Devontae Wyatt, interior defensive line, and New Orleans Saints taking the first quarterback off the board. This is another one of those pairings that just makes sense to me, and it's Kenny Pickett. So I'll tell you, the pairings that in my head, I'm just like, oh man, I could really see this happening. Derek Stingley to the Falcons, Ahmad Gardner to the Seahawks, any wide receiver to the Vikings at 12, and then Kenny Pickett to the Saints at 18. It just makes so much sense to me. And, you know, they've got a new regime, kind of. I mean, they, they move spots. Obviously, not a completely new regime. Dennis Allen was there. But now he's the head coach, and they've got a lot to figure out. They clearly don't believe in Jameis. It took them a while to bring him back. They didn't give him a big contract. They were trying to go after Deshaun Watson. So I wouldn't be surprised if they take a quarterback there at 18, and that's not a bad value because if you're getting your pick of the litter at 18, 
Okay. And you guys are probably like, Brandon, this is so unrealistic. There's no way the quarterbacks don't go higher than this. But listen, you'll see. Just be patient. You'll see. Okay. Because where the quarterbacks go, they end up going to very similar teams that would take them in the first round. I just have them going a little bit later because I'm doing this with my influence, with my perspective on the team's decisions. And I would not take these quarterbacks very high. So that's why I have the first one going at 18 to the Saints. That would be interesting for fantasy. I wouldn't be super high on him. I do like Kenny Pickett, I think probably a little bit more than the average person. But I wouldn't be too high on him because the weapons there are getting older. The offensive line has gotten worse. Now they have a defensive head coach. So it's actually probably not a very good landing spot in New Orleans for a rookie quarterback. Now at 19, the Eagles hit their third pick. And I have them getting linebacker Devin Lloyd. So no wide receiver. Everyone always gives a wide receiver to the Eagles in one of those three picks. I'm passing on that. I think they just load up that defense. You add an edge defender, a corner, and a linebacker. You get all that youth injected into there. Build up that defense. You've got Devontae Smith. You've got Dallas Goddard. They just invested two years ago a first-round pick in Jalen Rager. So could they get a wide receiver there? Yes. Were there wide receivers there that were worth that selection? Yes. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just grab one later on. So that's what I have the Eagles doing. Then at 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I have them taking another offensive lineman, Tyler Linderbaum, short Shore, uh, shore off that offensive line for Najee Harris and see what you got with Mitch Trubisky. Give them a good surrounding. And then the New England Patriots at 21, I have them taking a cornerback, Trent McDuffie. Then the Packers. Oh my goodness, the Packers who have no weapons for Aaron Rodgers now. I have them taking Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State, at 22. Now, knowing what I just paired those other three wide receivers with versus Chris Olave. Would Chris Olave be your first wide receiver off the, off the board? I think at first you would say yes, but remember Aaron Rodgers doesn't particularly ever have good chemistry with rookies. So you'd have to kind of balance that and think about that. And Aaron Rodgers might not be there anymore. So all of a sudden that might not be a good situation for Chris Olave because it's going to be Jordan Love, which we don't know really any anything about other than that he hasn't been able to get on the field or get traded or be the backup or anything in however many years it's been, three maybe? Or is it only two? And I think it's three. And yeah, it's either Jordan Love or somebody else. So that's actually pretty much even with the other rookie and uh, rookie wide receivers and their landing spots so far. Then at 23, I have the Cardinals grabbing Kyrie Lamb, the corner from Florida. Dallas have them... Adding to that offensive line that they've lost plenty of pieces from with Kenyon Green, which is upsetting because I actually would love Kenyon Green to make it to my Bucks, and he goes just before. And then the Buffalo Bills take wide receiver Traylon Burks. They feel super good about their roster. A lot of people like to give them Brees Hall here or a running back here. They've got Devin Singletary, who is plenty good enough. Zach Moss, who's not like horrible. I mean, he's definitely not like good but he's not horrible why not add to wide receiver Trayvon Diggs Gabriel Davis or not Trayvon Stefan Diggs Gabriel Davis and Traylon Burks yes please yes please so that's why I've got Traylon Burks there at 25 then Tennessee Titans at 26 they just got hella sniped they were hoping for Burks but they're gonna settle for Jahan Dotson wide receiver from Penn State 
add him to A.J. Brown, help Ryan Tannehill out a little bit. Yes, they've got Robert Woods there. He's not going to be there for long. He's at the back end of his career. Don't overthink it. Put in some weapons. Jahan Dotson is just that. Then at 27, I have my Tampa Bay Buccaneers adding to the offensive line, trying to fill the gap left by Ali Marpet with Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Then the Packers, with their second pick, I have them taking Jordan Davis, interior defensive lineman. The Chiefs at 29, I have them taking safety Daxton Hill. They would have liked a wide receiver there, but they're not really sure. Maybe they'll take him with their next pick because they do have two now. And that's actually what I do have them doing. It's Christian Watson at 30 for the Kansas City Chiefs. They would much prefer Jahan Dotson in my mind, but he's gone. So if that's what happens, they take the athletic freak who tested amazing and see if they can mold him into something with Christian Watson. And then the Cincinnati Bengals at 31 take somebody that's dropped very far because of injury and they just rehab Joe Joe Burrow and he seems fine. Maybe they're willing to take a risk and grab somebody worth very much if the injury turns out to be nothing, and that's David Ojabo, the edge from Michigan, who was being mocked inside the top 10 before his injury. And then to finish the first round, the Detroit Lions at 32 to get that fifth-year contract, take Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty. And this is what I meant. I said, you guys probably frustrated. I don't have quarterbacks going super high, blah, 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 but the Lions still end up with a quarterback, whether it's their first pick or this pick. They still ended up with Malik Willis. Now, because it's been only 17 minutes, we're just going to knock out the whole thing. Rounds one and two on this podcast. We're continuing on. Pick 33, Jacksonville Jaguars, Perion Winfrey, interior defensive lineman from Oklahoma. Then at 34, the Lions take linebacker out of Georgia, Nakobe Dean. This is a pretty good value pick right there. And the Jets at 35 take a safety, Jaquan Brisker. The Giants then take at 36, Edge Boye Mafe out of Minnesota. And the Texans add safety, Lewis Kine. Then the Jets at 38. I know I'm burning through these. I'll go back over them. The Jets at 38 take cornerback Kyler Gordon, and now we've got another fantasy-relevant pick coming up with the Bears at 39, taking George Pickens. George Pickens, let me tell you, George Pickens needs to have a higher respect in your mind than you probably are giving him, because this man might be one of the best, if not the best, wide receivers in this class when it's all said and done. Maybe I'm wrong. I definitely could be wrong. I'm not saying I think it will happen, but the possibility is there. And landing there in that spot with Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields, that's really good. Fields is lacking weapons extremely right now. Pickens would be one of those things. And I know he wasn't great to Allen Robinson last year, but we could see extreme growth from Justin Fields. Also, his connection might just be different with George Pickens. Maybe there was something off between him and Allen Robinson. So George Pickens at 39 to the Chicago Bears, and I would say he is just as worthy as any of those other wide receivers because this is the one wide receiver, or outside of Traylon Burks, this is the white one wide receiver that we know which quarterback they're going to be tied to for a while, and that's Justin Fields. Traylon Burks would probably be your first fantasy pick out of everybody if these are the places they landed because he's with Josh Allen. And we don't know how much longer Stephon Diggs is going to be like Stephon Diggs where he's getting crazy targets. 
So that's a pretty good landing spot. And then at 40, Seattle, I have them taking a quarterback, Matt Corral. That's a fit that I think is pretty interesting. I could see them doing that than having a quarterback and running back run-like offense with Matt Corral. And it wouldn't be too bad for him in his rookie season because he would not have to be leaned on because they're going to lean on the run as they always do. Then, again, Seattle is picking. At 41, I have them taking Arnold Abiketi. Abiketi? I don't don't know how to say his last name. But Arnold E. We'll say Arnold E. Out of Penn State, the edge. Then, at 42, the Colts. I have them taking a wide receiver to pair with Michael Pittman. So, Sky Moore, I wanted him to go a little bit earlier. But, and... It's not by my own reasoning. It's because of how I think everybody else views him and how the league might view him. I actually think Sky Moore is probably a little bit overhyped right now. I'm not saying I don't think he's good. I think he's good, and I'd be fine and happy to have him in fantasy. But I think he's going to just end up getting drafted a little higher than I would like. But this is a good team fit for him because Michael Pittman is that bigger wide receiver. A lot of teams are lacking that right now. It's a lot easier for me to mock a Traylon Burks, a Drake London, these bigger guys to teams than it is for Sky Moore because a lot of these teams already have like a smaller, faster, or like route runner slot type of guy. Like I wanted to give Sky Moore to the Chiefs, but that doesn't really make sense right now because they have Juju. You know what I'm saying? So that's why he lasted here to 42 to the Colts, but that's a nice pairing with Michael Pittman. Give Matt Ryan a chance. I'm not big on Matt Ryan, but we'll see what happens. Then at 43, the Falcons take a quarterback who fell pretty much in their lap, Desmond Ritter. They get to sit him behind Mariota and see what he can do if Mariota is not what they're hoping for. Then at 44, the Browns get a steal to Marvin Leal. Boom. Drops right in their lap. I know you like that rhyme. Baltimore at 45 takes Tyler Smith interior offensive line. And the Minnesota Vikings take corner Tariq Woolen at 46. And at 47... Washington grabs their quarterback to sit behind Carson Wentz, Sam Howell. Then the Chicago Bears grab Bernard Raymond, offensive tackle. So they're trying to help Justin Fields out still. And the Saints also grab an offensive tackle to help Kenny Pickett, Daniel Falale. Then at 50, the Chiefs grab Christian Harris, linebacker. At 51, the Eagles grab safety Jalen Piter or or Petre. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am not nearly as versed in the defense as I usually am this time of year compared to past years. It's just because I'm a lot busier now in my life than I used to be. So I I don't get to afford as much time to everything as I would like. And I am obviously going to concentrate most of my time in the offense since it's fantasy football that I'm always focusing on. Um, So yeah, that's why I don't know how to say some of these uh, defensive guys' last names because I haven't done too much on them. Then at 52, the Steelers, I have them taking Carson Strong, quarterback out of Nevada. This I love. I love this. And I would be grabbing Carson Strong everywhere because they're they're probably going to strengthen the offensive line. They have Najee Harris. They have Chase Claypool. They have Deontay Johnson. They have Pat Fryermuth. They're always good at finding receivers. The Steelers will always have good wide receivers. And Carson Strong, I think honestly, honestly, might be QB1 in this class. He really, not for fantasy, because he doesn't use his legs as much, but he really, really might be QB1 in this class, and he might not go in the top five. 
or he might go like outside of the top three, which is ridiculous to me. Carson Strong is, uh, shall I say, a very strong prospect. He really is. I'm very excited to see Carson Strong where he lands because I'm hoping it's somewhere that I can trust to do him some good because I will be all over him if that's the case. Then I have Drake Jackson, Edge, going to the Packers at 53. The Patriots giving an Alabama wide receiver to their Alabama quarterback with John Mechie. Give him some type of like weapon that excels at something because right now they don't really have anybody that's excelling at a specific trait or is just dominant in general in the receiving game. So they're trying to find that at least with a deep threat with John Mechie. And then... And that's not all John Mechie is either, but that's what his, you know, X factor would be for them. And then the Cardinals at 55, I have them taking running back Kenneth Walker. So that would probably not be great, but there's honestly not that many running back landing spots. Now that the Bucks re-signed Leonard Fournette, there's the Jets who could take a running back, the Bills who could take a running back. The Falcons are probably one of the best running back spots, but they have way too many holes in their rosters to be in their roster to try to be getting a running back right now because we know running back has a short shelf life and if you're drafting a running back you need to have most of the rest of your team already well built because if you're grabbing a running back when you've got holes everywhere else I mean what did Saquon Barkley really do for the Giants like and I'm talking about when he was healthy like he was amazing for them but like they're not making the playoffs if Saquon is healthy you know what I'm saying like it's not as impactful as other things and his shelf life is going to go away way faster than an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, a corner, a wide receiver. All those positions are going to last much longer through a rebuild. So that's why it's hard for me to see the Falcons actually spending up for one of the top three running backs in this class. So I have Kenneth Walker going to the Cardinals. Actually, the first one off the board, I know like everyone's going to hate me. Everyone seems to be like all over Brees Hall, like clear RB1. I, I don't understand why he's the clear RB1 like more than other years for other guys that are much better, but whatever. So Kenneth Walker to the Cardinals. Then the Dallas Cowboys take Edge, Cameron Thomas, and then the Bills get Brees Hall in the second round at running back. And a lot of people would think Brees Hall, absolutely, you're taking him over Kenneth Walker. I don't know. I really don't know because the Cardinals involve the running back position more than the Bills. Kenneth Walker is pretty close to Brees Hall as a prospect. Some people will argue Kenneth Walker is better. Um, and James Conner versus, who's you know, he just got a new deal, but he's not very young, and his body's not ever really proven to handle a full workload without getting injured over the course of a season. Might not be more competition than Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. So, I don't know. That would be pretty close to me. Then I have the Atlanta Falcons getting their wide receiver, a wide receiver to help out either Desmond Ritter or Marcus Mariota, and add to Kyle Pitts so he's not the only person in that offense. David Bell, wide receiver from Purdue. David Bell in Atlanta, I would be all, all over that. All over that. Let me tell you. Then the Packers at 59 have them taking linebacker Quay Walker. The Bucks somehow... Roger McCreary falls this far into the second round, cornerback out of Auburn, which they've shown to like cornerbacks out of Auburn. They've already got Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis from Auburn, so looking pretty good. Wait, I always forget if it's 
I know Sean Murphy Bunting, Carl Carlton Davis, and Jamel Dean. Two of them are from Auburn. But I think sometimes I mix it up. It might be Sean Murphy Bunting that's from Auburn, and then unless they're all three from Auburn, I can't even remember. But I know the Bucks love defensive backs from Auburn, and Roger McCreary being there, that's a great value in and of itself. Not to mention he's from Auburn. Then the 49ers at 61, Sean Ryan, interior offensive line from UCLA. The Chiefs at 62 get Isaiah Spiller, running back. It's a good value to them. Rojo's on a one-year deal. They clearly have some issues with Clyde. Um, I just I don't understand why they drafted Clyde with how they use him. It makes no sense. They took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the first running back off the board in that draft class over Jonathan Taylor, over Cam Akers, over J.K. Dobbins, over all of the people, Antonio Gibson, over all the people that they drafted him over, and they don't even use him in the receiving game. And that's what he is the best at. It's so frustrating to me. Why did you pick him? Why did you pick him? It doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. It's just frustrating. But Isaiah Spiller, and I do think they'll use him more in the receiving game this year because Damian Williams is gone. But maybe they end up bringing back somebody. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's still a free agent. They might bring him back and give him receiving work. So we'll see what happens there. And then I have the Bengals at 63, adding another weapon for Joe Burrow with Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State. You have Trey McBride, along with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. And then once Tyler Boyd eventually fades out with age, you've still got three sick weapons there. That's nice. There's no complaining there. So Trey McBride, actually, that's another one of the the fits that just make too much sense to me that I really, really like is Trey McBride to the Bengals. And then to finish the second round, Chad Moo, my linebacker from Wyoming, goes to the Broncos. So let's look at the, I'm not going to go through the whole mock draft. We're going to look and name the fantasy relevant guys. So I have wide receiver. This is going to be all the wide receiver landing spots. Garrett Wilson to the Washington Commanders. Jamison Williams to the Minnesota Vikings. Drake London to the Houston Texans. Chris Olave to the Green Bay Packers. Traylon Burks to the Buffalo Bills, Jahan Dotson to the Tennessee Titans, Christian Watson to the Kansas City Chiefs, George Pickens to the Chicago Bears, Sky Moore to the Indianapolis Colts, and John Mechie to the New England Patriots, David Bell to the Atlanta Falcons, and that rounds out my wide receivers in this mock draft in rounds one and two. Then we've got our quarterbacks. We've got Kenny Pickett to the Saints. Then Malik Willis to the Lions. I would probably prefer... That's a tough one. I'll probably take Malik Willis for the legs. Not that Kenny Pickett doesn't have any, but I'll take Malik Willis for the legs. Plus the Lions, their their weapons are a lot younger, and they probably have a better offensive line now with the losses that the Saints have endured. It's going to be pretty close, though. But I would probably take Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett. And then the next quarterback fit is Matt Corral to the Seahawks. I would still take Malik Willis over him. And then we've got Desmond Ritter to the Falcons. My order of all those would probably be Malik Willis, then Matt Corral, then Kenny Pickett, then Desmond Ritter. And then we've got Sam Howell to Washington. He would be last. 
just because of... Mm, actually, I would probably take Sam Howell over Desmond Ritter. That would, that would be a close one. And then we've got Carson Strong to the Steelers. Now, the interesting interesting thing is if you're looking for just huge straight up upside and rushing is important, then you're not going to have Carson Strong very high. But with Carson Strong going to the Steelers, he probably has the best shot. The best shot at success. And he's also, in my ranking, QB1 in this draft class. So while he may not have the ceiling, I think he has the highest floor after he gets developed. So that's why I would actually really like Carson Strong. He could be like a solid back-end QB1 his whole career. So I would look at taking him possibly above all the other guys. But the best thing is you never will have to do that. Never. You will never have to take him above those other guys. So you'll be able to get Carson Strong a lot, a lot later. And then the running back landing spots was Brees Hall to the Bills, Kenneth Walker to the Cardinals, Isaiah Spiller to the Chiefs. In order... I would probably, ooh, man, I told you I was I was already tilting between Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, but I would take, I'd take both over Isaiah Spiller just because of how crowded that backfield is right now, if that was to be the case. And then Trey McBride is a nice landing spot for the Bengals. With that said, that's the mock draft. Okay, I'm gonna have another one come out. I'm also gonna post some polls, so if you want to go vote on the polls, on like. You know, how would you rank these? Well, I actually might not do a poll. I might just do a question. How you would rank these wide receivers in their landing spots and yada yada. If you want to participate in that, check out Twitter. But thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. Peace.